0: This morning, though, in Psalm chapter 7, Psalm 7, we're going to talk about the condition of our heart again here a little bit more. How many of you battle self-deception? There's a couple of you that are honest. Here's you another question. How many of you know someone who battles self-deception? A lot more hands went up. So you know what that shows me this morning? We have a statistical problem. That a lot of us, we know people that have self-deception problems, but we don't want to admit it. And you know why we don't want to admit it? Because a lot of times it's hard for us to be objective about our own selves. And so this morning we need to have a heart test and an internal self-examination because each one of us, we have conditions of the heart whether we want to admit it or not. And so I'm going to tell you right now, God's going to get on the inside of you. And some of you need a purpose right now. You're going to hear the Word of God. Don't let your mind drift to the golf course. Don't let your mind drift to what you're going to eat for lunch. I'm going to get you out of here before 3 o'clock, I promise you. And we're not going to be here all day. Just get real focused. And I'm going to tell you right now, if you start falling asleep, if you're sitting to someone, go ahead and elbow them. Give them a Holy Ghost nudge and say, you need to listen. You need to hear this. Psalm chapter 7. Verse number 9. Oh, let the wickedness of the wicked come to an end. Let the wickedness of the wicked. Now, if you'll notice right there, God didn't say, let the wicked people come to an end, did he? He said, no, let the wickedness of the wicked. And so God loves people. He just doesn't love the things we do at times. So this is the start. The next part he says, but establish the just support them or sustain them, for the righteous God, what? He tests the hearts and the minds, our conscience. God is going to put us through some tests. Now, there's a huge difference between a test and a a temptation. God doesn't tempt us with evil, but he does test. And you know what a test is about? To find out what you know or what you don't know. And any time in life, that life begins to squeeze you. There's a reason for that. It's going to find out what's really in you. Now, some of you are getting squeezed right now. That's okay. That's why we're here. We're here to learn about this today. And so what you got to ask yourself is, what's my reaction or even my behavior when hard times come? I have belly Do I throw in the towel? Do I complain? Keep reading verse 10. I like this. My defense is of God. No matter how bad it, my defense is of God, who saves who? The upright in heart. Now when I look at this, many times in our lives as believers, we see the promises of God. We like the promises. We like the blessings. We like the thought, man, I'm going to walk in the anointing of God. I'm going to walk with a mantle. Well, you're never going to get to those places unless you go through some tests. And many times when we start going through tests, we must understand you won't walk in the double portion, the double blessing that Elisha walked in without going through some tests and also passing them. Now see, this is different than when we're in school. Some of you repeated the the first grade six times and they finally said, Man, he's too old to be in here. we got to move him on. we got to move him on. That didn't happen to me. Some of you are thinking, that's what happened. That didn't happen to me. I was close. But see, with God, you keep, you keep going through the test over and over and over until you pass it. Now, Proverbs 26.2. I love the Proverbs. It says this. A curse shall not alight without a cause. A curse without a cause shall not alight. So you know what that tells me? A curse doesn't come to your life undeserved. A curse comes to your life because of something's happened. Well, think about that. When people walk in blessings, it's because they've made some choices in life. They've become obedient. They've done what God's asked them. And anytime I do what God asks me, ooh, there's going to be some blessings upon my life. Now go to, go to Deuteronomy chapter 8. Deuteronomy chapter 8. And to me, guys, this, this is a life-altering chapter for every one of us. Now, this was big in the Israelites' life, but I believe it's big in our lives, and that's why I'm going here. Now, I'm not going to read the whole chapter, but I encourage you to. Deuteronomy 8, verse number 1. Every commandment. Now, we got to highlight that, right? Every commandment. Have you ever noticed that the commandments of God, they weren't multiple choice? I like number three, but I hate number five. See, when I look at the commandments of God, you know what the commandments of God are really? They're tests. They're just tests is what Father God's telling us. And so he says, every commandment which I command you today, you must be careful to observe. Now, as he says this... Why is it important for us to obey the commandments of God? Well, he's fixing to fill in the blank for us here. Look what he says. That you may live. How many of you want to live? I'm not talking about just, just taking up time while you're here. You know, you may be here 50, 60, 70, 80, 90 years of life. But that doesn't mean you lived life. You can literally be alive but dead. And so right here, he tells us that when I obey those commandments, number one, I'm going to live. I'm t- there's a blessing in obedience. Number two, he says, and multiply. You know what multiply means? It means increase. I'm telling you, God wants us to multiply. He wants you to increase in life. But what was the, 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 the situation here we must obey? What did he say? Obey my commands. And last of all, he says... And you go in and possess the land which the Lord swore to your fathers. You know what that is? That's the blessings. That's the blessings. Now, where do they come from? When I begin to obey what God says. Nothing's changed. I've just got to continue to obey God. And look what happens in verse 2. And you shall remember that the Lord your God led you all the way these 40 years in the wilderness. Now, 40 years, that's... That's a long time. For some of you, that's a half a life. For me, that's just a third of life because I'm going to live to be 120. Thank you for agreeing with me. And so you see right here, 40 years, that's a long time. But the problem in this was, it took them 40 years to what they should have done in 11 days. In 11 days. So you know what that tells me? They just kept coming around the mountain year after year year after year and see that's what happens to a lot of us in our life many times we just keep repeating the same thing we can. and you know what our, our our topic or our conversation with god is what's wrong with you god why aren't you doing something and in reality you know what god's saying no why aren't you doing something because remember the definition of insanity is keep doing the same thing over and over and think there's going to be change There's are not going to be change. And so he says this right here. Now look what he goes on to tell them. That you spent 40 years in the wilderness, what? To humble you. To humble you. Now, what's the opposite of humble or humility? Pride. Evidently, these yahoos had a pride problem. Now, 1 Peter 5 makes it very clear to us. It says God gives grace to Who? the humble but he resists the proud and so what ends up happening here i believe is they had this mentality i don't need god i can do whatever i need to without god so you know what god said first of all listen boys i'm going to bring you into a humbling session number two look what he goes on to say and i'm going to what i'm going to test you you know what the testing represent it took testing For them to see what their inner attitudes were. And so God says, I'm going to test you. For what? To know what was in your heart. To know what you're made of. Look what he goes on to say. Whether you would keep his commandments or not. And so what happens here, guys? There is no promotion without passing. And so God said, I'm going to humble you, and I'm going to test your heart to see what's really in your heart. And so life began to squeeze them, and guess what? Forty years, He's just kept going around the mountain. Kept going around the mountain. Now, with that thought right there, how many of you just keep going around the mountain? Is there certain things in your life? Man, it seems like every year. I've been here, I've been here, I've been here. You know, DC Talk sang this song years ago. Some people got to learn the hard way. Some people gotta learn the hard way. And he went on to say in that song, I guess I'm the kind of guy has got to find out for myself. Now, you know what's sad about that? Most men in this room, you know how we learn? The hard way. The hard way. If we would just begin to do what's right, just begin to do what God asks us to do, there would be blessing upon this. So look what he goes on to say in verse 3. So he humbled you. He allowed you to hunger. Now look right there. He allowed you to hunger. It didn't say he withheld that. He allowed you to. In other words, when we get from underneath God's covering, man, I'm going to tell you, things begin to happen that aren't always good. So he said, I allowed you to hunger. I fed you with manna, which you did not know, nor did your fathers know, that he might make you know. That man shall not live by bread alone, but man will live by every word that proceeds from the mouth of the Lord. And you know what he's telling them here? Listen, guys, there's life in the word. There's blessings in the word. When I become a person that obeys the word, I'm I'm not just a hearer of the word. I'm a doer. There is blessing in this. And if God has to humble us in this area, this is what he'll do. So you see right here, they were in a wilderness test. Many of us today, we're in wilderness tests. You know what that may be? That may be with people. Some of us just keep going around the mountain. You know what we say? Man, people don't like me. Have you ever figured out that might be because you've got a stench about you? It could be because you walk in unforgiveness. Maybe that's part of your problem. Maybe you got a financial problem. Every year, you just keep going around the mountain. Keep going around the mountain. Because why? Finances is a struggle. Well, you know what? If I would obey God in the area of finances, I wouldn't be in this position. Now, this will get a holy roar from some of you. That means to tithe. That means to honor God. Thank you for those holy grunts. I can tell you guys are really excited about that. And some of you say, I don't want to hear that stuff. Well, guess what? You don't have to hear it. You don't have to obey it. But don't pre- put on your prayer request for me to pray for you every week when you're broke because you don't obey God. We got quiet in this Presbyterian church. What about your marriage? We you just keep going in circles, Pastor. My marriage is... And you come to the conclusion, I gotta trade her in on a newer model. Well, the thought is that, guess what? Just because the grass may look greener, you always gotta mow it. And so that's not the problem. And maybe you got a problem with your mouth. God starts dealing with your mouth. And maybe you got a problem with your attitude that you just keep on going around and around. And I got some bad news for you. If I don't learn to obey God, and I'm talking to myself, next year at this time, I'm gonna be in the same wilderness. Same wilderness. You know why? Because God doesn't just pass us over years. Think about this analogy. If I went down to our, our little kids, our little two-year-old's classroom, they got those little bitty chairs. I mean, those little bitty ones. And, and many of you know Gary Taylor, Gary's 6'6". Six, six. What's Gary, 280? See that big? Somewhere about my size, 6'6", six, six, 280. 280. But if we would have Gary sit in that chair, that little bitty chair, you would say, man, that looks foolish. That big boy has no business being in that chair. But spiritually, that's how we look. Bunch of 60-year-olds still in those little chairs, and we come into church, and they still give you a crayon. Because we never got it. So I'm trying to help us here because these are the areas the Lord's dealing with me in my own life. And so for many years in my own life, I could talk about the blessings. I could talk about the promised land. But it's one thing to talk about it and one thing to live there. And so the Lord said, are you going to talk about the promise all your life? The promise, are you going to live there? Now, you know where you got to get to live there? If the company Federal Express and UPS merged, you know what they'd be called? Fed up. And I believe in our lives as believers, there are times we just got to get fed up. And we got to begin to say, Father God, now get this. Father God, come on the inside of me. Change my heart. You know what our cry is most of the time? God, change my circumstances. That's not going to happen, guys. God will use your circumstances to change you. But when's the last time we said, Father, God, change my heart. I got a condition of the heart. And when my heart begins to change, God will move. I'm going to take you to a, a book of the Bible that you probably hadn't been to in a long time. The book of Habakkuk. And some of you say, I didn't even know there was a book called Habakkuk. Well, it's way back there in the back of the New Testament. You're going to go through Daniel. Then you're going to go through Jonah. And then you're going to come to a dude named Nahum. And then you'll get to Habakkuk. Now, if you've gone to, to Zachariah or Zephaniah, you've gone too far. Now, I don't want you guys to think I spend a lot of time there. I hadn't spent... I've read those chapters before, but I haven't spent a lot of time in Habakkuk. But I was reading the other day, and I kept coming across these verses that cross-referenced me back in there. So that's how I ended up here. Now, you're going to get blessed here if you'll little, little, let, let God speak to your heart. Open the eyes of my understanding here today, Lord. Habakkuk 3, verse 17. Now, listen to this. Though the fig tree may not blossom, that's not a good report, nor fruit be on the vines. Though the labor of the olive may fail, and though the fields yield no food, Though the flock may be cut off from the fold, and there there be no herd in the stalls. and guess what? That's bad news right there. There's no good news about that. Listen to what it says here in the message. Though the cherry trees don't blossom, and the strawberries don't ripen. Though the apples are worm-eaten, and the wheat fields are stunted. Though the sheep pens are sheepless, and the cattle barns are empty. So you begin to get the picture. It's not good news. Now if you didn't get that, I'm going to give you a little swanix this morning. I'm going to take you where you can really understand this. Though you lost your job and you're not getting a paycheck. Though gas is over $5 a gallon and my car sitting on empty. Though my checking account doesn't have a dime in it. Though my wife keeps on nagging me. Though my children are driving me crazy. (laughs) Wow. Though my in-laws all think that I should support them. And though my in-laws all want to go on vacation with me. You're digging there now. And though my neighbor's dog poops in my yard every morning. Is that enough stuff yet? Are you beginning to get it? That there's nothing in his life looks good. Nothing. But get this. Verse 18. Yet, oh yet, yet, yet. I will rejoice in the Lord. Now you know what you begin to see here? When, when all the circumstances in life are horrible, you know what he said? I'm still going to rejoice in the Lord, even though I'm going through all these tests. I'm going to rejoice in the Lord, and you know what? You see here about Habakkuk, everything's wrong in his external world, but he said, "I'm still going to praise Yahweh. I'm still going to trust God." Now, look what he goes on to say here: "I will joy in the God of my salvation." In other words, I don't care how bad it looks. I'm going to joy. Now, that word joy, there, guys, in the original text, you know what it means? It means to spin around, it means to dance, it means to have a violent emotion. Now, you know what that does there? That puts to rest the notion. That all that joy is, is a quiet inner blessing. I'm going to tell you, you know what this showed me? When this dude began to praise God, it wasn't, oh, the joy of the Lord's my strength. Oh, the joy is just, I'm telling you guys, he tore it up. He danced, he shouted even though everything within his life looked bad. He said, I'm going to praise God. And you know what I believe this is? I believe this is a test. When life started squeezing him, and the strawberries weren't ripe, and the apples were eaten by the worms, and there was no sheep, there was no flock and everything, he still said, that's my God. That's my God. Now look what he goes on to say, verse 19. The Lord God is my strength. He will make my feet like deer's feet. He will make me walk. He will make me... Now think about walking, guys. I could get up here and we could all walk differently. But walking represents there's still progress. I mean, we could be taking these baby steps. And that may be what you're doing today. But at least you're progressing. And some of you are speed walkers. I mean, you're moving, you're moving, you're moving. But regardless, walking... Now think about this in Psalm 23, it says, Yea, though we walk through the valley of the shadow of death, though we walk through it, we're progressing. We're not camping there. We're going through. And I believe this is what he said. I Man, I gotta just keep on walking. Keep on walking. And look what he ends up saying. And he will make me walk on my high heels. And those high heels that he's talking about, there aren't those shoes you ladies wear. It's the troubles and the hard places in life we go to. And he wants to help us get him out of there. The, the message says that he'll cause me to be the king of the mountain. One translation says he'll be my refuge in the day of affliction. So when all hell looks like it's broken loose in your life, and I've got to begin to count it all joy. Go with me to James 1. Go to James chapter 1, because really, guys, life's not always going to go your way. James is right after Hebrews, way back there in the New Testament. And in this passage, James begins to tell us, this is how you act when you come into test. Now, get this. James 1, verse 2. My brethren, fellow believers, count it all joy when you fall into various trials, tests, or challenges. I'm going to tell you, I'm going to be honest. with There's times I've read that, that verse. Count it all joy when you fall into these. That was the last thing I wanted to do. I thought James had to be messed up when he wrote that. That ain't true. Now, if you'll notice something in there, he said count it all joy when you fall into these. He didn't say if. He said when. So you know what he's telling you? Get ready, Freddie, because it's going to happen. It's going to happen. Now look what he goes on to say. Knowing that the testing of your what, the testing of your faith, what's being tried here? Your faith. What's your faith about? Can I trust Father God? Am I looking to Father God? So the test is going to squeeze you in the area of who you trusting? Who you looking for? So he said, Knowing that the testing of your faith produces patience. It's going to show your true colors. The testing of your faith produces endurance. And some of you in need of endurance today. The testing of your faith produces perseverance. Now, I don't know about you, but there's times in my life I hate those words. I hate the word perseverance. But you know what? This is what the Bible says. Okay, Lord. Here we go. Here we go. And look what it goes on to say next. But let patience have its perfect work. In other words, let patience do its work. That you may be perfect, mature, and complete, well-developed, and lacking nothing. Where you're not deficient. And what was the key there? I just got to be patient. I got to realize, man, when I just keep on serving God and I keep, and I keep my heart right, God's going to bless me. Now, there's three things He addressed right there. The first one was testing. You know what testing is? Testing proves your genuineness. Am I for real? Am I for real? Am I just a Sunday saint? I'm a saint on Sunday. I'm a sinner on Monday. This proves my, I'm in, Lord. I'm in for the long haul. The second one was trials. You know what trials are? They're the purging of your faith. They're gonna say, who you're really trusting in this situation. And last one here was patience. Patience is a steadfastness that says, I'm gonna endure. I'm gonna keep on going. I'm gonna keep on going. Now, there's a blessing on the other side of that. Where's that at? Same chapter, verse 12. Same chapter. Look at this. Blessing is the man who endures temptation or trials. And you know what I did in my Bible when I read that? I circled the word blessing. And right next to the word blessed is the man. You know what I put? How do you get there? How do you get to the blessing? In other words, you can keep going around the mountain. There's a reason the blessings come. And he said, blessed is the man who endures the temptation or the test. The man who doesn't quit. He just keeps on and he keeps on and he keeps on. For when he has been approved or he's passed the test, he will receive the crown of life which the Lord has promised to those who love him. The message says this. Anyone who meets a testing challenge head-on and manages to stick it out is mighty fortunate. Man, I just keep on. I just keep on. I just keep on day by day by day by day by day. Patience. It's going to happen. Patience. Oh, Father God, let me walk in patience. You know, the older I get, the more I really, really value stability in people's lives. What I mean by stability is people that are like this all the time. And they just go through life just like this. They're not a peak and then a valley. They're happy. They're sad. Just just like this. When you see them in life, they're just like this. When you see them in their marriage, they're just like this. When you see them in their finances, they're just like this. And you know why I, I value that? Because I believe that's an inner peace that needs to be modeled. But people like that, they did not get there without going through some things. Without persevering and enduring. And people like that, you never know if they're they're having good days. Bad days, sad days, mad days, days of storm. You know why? They never show it. And there's some of you in here that way. You know... Gino and Yolanda, they're like that to me. Raise your hands if they see that you guys are really here. I'm not mixing some fictional characters up. He's like that. They're like that. I mean, they're like this. I never see them when they're... I mean, he's just steady, steady, steady. And I know some things in their life. And I don't think they'd mind me sharing it. How old is your daughter, Gino? The oldest one. 26. When's the last time she's been out of the home? Never. She's, she can't leave their house. She's bedfast, And they have loved her and given their life and given. And you know what? Not one time as long as I've known him have I ever heard one of them complain. We got to watch her. We got to go home. I'm going to tell you, you know what I do? I salute folks like that. I'm telling you. I'd say, there's people that walk in here, and they're in the storms of life, but you know what they know? I just keep on serving God. And I keep hanging on God. And that's who people I want to be around, that people aren't moved by things that happen or don't. And they say, this is what God said. This is what God said. You know, I've had people say, man, I want to walk in that anointing that Dr. Venter walked in. Well, you don't get in that anointing that he's walking in without passing some tests. God doesn't just look at you and say, Poof! you earn the right to have that anointing. And that's the thing we got to understand with the things of the kingdom. Now, here's what I'm going to end with today. I believe in my life the hardest test that any human being will ever go through is what I call the Judas kiss. And maybe you're going through that right now. What is that, Pastor? When someone that was very close to you betrayed you or rejected you. Maybe family. Maybe a friend. Maybe someone that you love, you trusted, you told them the secrets of your life. And they did that. And it's damaged your heart. And you know what the Judas kiss is, guys? That's a test. And you know what the test is? To see if you'll quit. To see if it'll stop you from allowing God to fulfill the purpose he has. To to get you to get over and walk in bitterness and unforgiveness. And maybe that's happened to some of you today. Understand this. That Jesus went through that very test. And not only did he go through it. I believe he went through it to teach me and you. This is what you got to do. This is what you got to do. Matthew 21, Jesus said this, or the Scriptures did, The stone which the builders rejected has now become the cornerstone. In other words, you know what Jesus did? He didn't quit. Even though someone he had told his deepest secrets betrayed, he kept going. You know what Jesus tells me and you in Matthew 10? He said this, If they, re- if they reject you... If they don't receive you, shake off the dust of your feet and keep moving. Keep moving. Keep moving. And some of you today, I think you need to get the picture. I got to dust that off. I'm going to get that, that stuff is not going to keep me living in a, in a coma state. That stuff's not going to keep me where I just keep going around the mountain. Keep going around the mountain. And next year, you know what? You're going to talk about how ugly Uncle Buck was. Uncle Buck jabbed you with a knife. Yeah, he did. But is it going to keep you from moving forward? Stand on your feet with me.